But the word the Lord gave me today is stand till you get it. Amen? Stand till you get it. Um, in Ephesians 6, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. I want to thank the brothers. This was their month, June. And there were some videos that were supposed to go up, but somehow tech, we had some technical difficulties, so we couldn't show them. But we'll show them another time. But thank you, brothers, for giving us a wonderful month, just sharing with us Father's Day and um, just your, your thoughts through the videos and the wonderful song from Father's Day and the different things. We are grateful for having you in our midst we prayed a prayer in our prayer warriors team. Our prayer was that our men will outnumber our women. That is not to say that our women's number will dwindle. That is to say as the women are getting more and more, our men will get more and more and will outnumber us. That is our prayer. It is also our prayer that our church will fill out to overflowing and we will have a huge representation of men. And I have been in church almost all my life, and I've been in ministry for a very long time. And one of the things that is almost a constant everywhere I go is that women outnumber men. But we have asked God for a reversal in our church. And we know that what we ask him, believe in, and asking in the name of Jesus is already done. Because we have not asked outside of his will. We have asked in accordance to his will. So it's just a matter of time. We are excited to see God do with our men. Amen. So in Ephesians 6.10, this is going to be a little feisty this morning. Because it's a warfare kind of prayer. When the Bible says, stand till you get it. Or stand there till you get what you're standing there for. It's very important that you understand that things are not just handed to us in life. You know that. They're all adults in this church. So you know in our, in our sanctuary this morning, as an adult, you already know that the things that you reach out for do not necessarily come to you. And sometimes you have to stand there till you get what you're standing there for. And sometimes it looks like you stand and it slips away. Well, this morning we're going to read Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren. What does it say? Be what? Did it say be weak? Be strong in the Lord. And it's not talking just to brothers. It's talking to brothers and sisters. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. 
Stand. Let's read Ephesians 6.13 in the Amplified. 6.13 Amplified. It says, Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand firmly in your place. When all hope is lost, when it looks like things are not going the way they should go, stand. When you trust God for healing and it looks like it's slow in coming, stand. When you're believing God for a breakthrough with your marriage or your family and it looks like this thing is taking forever, stand. When all your friends seem to be moving away from you and it looks like because you're standing your ground based on principle and they will no longer flock with you, what do you do? You stand. When you're believing God for a breakthrough, you stand. When you're believing God for a promotion, you stand. You stand until you get what you're standing there for. You don't back down. You say, Satan, hand it over. He says, no. You said, no. You said, did you, did you, did you just tell me no? Do you not know who I am and who I belong to? Excuse you? I'm, I, okay. Let, 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 me, let me bring it down a little bit because I'm getting too excited right at the beginning. We stand. Don't back down. The Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The last time I was preaching here, I was telling you that there are two realities. We've got the real world that we call the real world, things we can touch, see. But there is another reality. There is a world around us that we cannot see, but it's all around us, right around us. Right beside you, there is an angel sitting right beside you, my sister. Right, that angel is there. Mm -hmm. From the day you were born, the Lord assigned that angel to follow you, keep you, preserve you, and make sure no harm comes to you. Even when sometimes we're stupid and we're not doing what we're supposed to do, the angel so he can't help us, but he can't stop being with us because he is on assignment. But you know what? You don't see him. So because you don't see him, you tend to, you know, kind of do your stuff. And you tend to struggle. But Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong not in your strength, in the Lord. Be strong in all the forces God's got. You can't see it, but they're there. Remember, let's go. I'm going to jump way ahead. And I want to go to this particular scripture in, uh, in 2 Kings 6, 8. 2 Kings 6, 8. So we can't see a lot of things that are happening. There are a lot of things God has protected us from. And sometimes if he were, allow, if he were to allow us to see, we'll be scared to get up in the morning. You'd be scared to get out of your door because you know you're not sure what's going to happen. You're not sure whether as you drive that, that tree is going to fall on you. There are a lot of bad things. There are bad hombres. Is that what they call them? Bad dudes, bad hombres. 
They are not necessarily physical. The Bible says they are spiritual wickedness. You know when somebody is wicked, you don't need to do anything to them. They're just out to get you. Out to bring injury to you. Out to harm you. And if they can't touch you, they go for your kids. If they can't touch your kids, they go for your siblings. They can't touch your siblings, they go for your, for your parents. Or they go for your business. They're called bad hombres in the spirit. The Bible calls them spiritual wickedness. Just wicked for the sake of being wicked. If you're happy, you get up in the morning, you're jumping for joy. The devil looks like, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Let's deal him a bad hand today. You have not done anything. So when we were growing up, they used to tell us, and you see, I grew up in Nigeria where there was a lot of um, talk about things that are not seen. So in America, it's the reverse. America, we live our lives as though everything we see is all that there is. In, in, in Africa, especially in Nigeria, especially the part where I grew up, everything that you don't do well in everybody assumes that there is somebody doing something to you. So it's like two opposite ends. So instead of them getting up to do something, they feel that, well, there's nothing I can do anyway. There, there's a remote control in the village. What can I do? My life is already down. It's bad. There is a witch somewhere. That's in Nigeria. Here, everybody feels like if I do my best, if I struggle, if I do three, four jobs, it will all come together. We forget about the power of God. So it's two different opposites. And so when we were growing up, especially my grandparents, because, you know, the, the older generation believed so much. Christianity came to them a little bit later than the Western world had it. And like my mom was, my grandma was one of the first to be trained in her area as a nurse. So you can, by the missionaries. So it, it didn't come too long ago when Christianity came. It wasn't too, maybe max 200 years. I don't even think it's maybe like 100 years. So you can imagine that the older generation are steeped in that kind of thing. So when we were there, they would tell us. And here they said, oh, in fact, there's a particular saying in my language. It says, a witch cried last night and a child died today. Who does not know that it was the witch who cried last night that killed the child that died today? They just linked it. They linked it. Somebody is doing something evil to you. Your life is going down. So when we were talking and it looks like you're going about talking about, my grandma will say, shh, shh, don't say that. Ah, ah, don't say that. Say what, grandma? Don't you know that if you say that, something bad is going to happen? Now, the, the American version of it is don't jinx it. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the real nice Western way of saying it. But it's the same thing. Superstition. If you do this, this will happen. In fact, my grandma, one of my grandmas said to me, we don't read the book of Job too much. I said, why not, grandma? Because the book of Job has a lot of bad things happen, and we don't want that bad thing to happen to you. I'm thinking, huh? Okay. <laughs> so I grew up not reading the book of Job until I got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I realized, oh, there's a lot of truth in the book of Job. Why? Because we're so afraid. 
afraid of witches, afraid of wizards, afraid of things that they can do. Well, in America now, they're very bold. They have Satan's temple insisting that they must have their idols in the public space. Um, no. So we're fighting that. But to think about it, you don't, people don't have to be in your face for you to know that we are wrestling. We are wrestling. The Bible tells us. So when you think of all these forces for evil, you think, are there any forces for good? Are there any forces for good at all? Let's get all the adults in. Adults, come right in. Everybody come into the church. No talking in the hallways. Please help me get them all in. Thank you. Are there forces for good? 2 Kings 6, chapter, verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. When the king of Aram, let's read it in HCSB, HCSB, 2 Kings 6, 8. When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he conferred with his servants. So watch this now. My camp will be at such and such a place. So there's this king of Syria or Aram. What they were planning to do was to take out Israel. And they were plotting and they had things already, you know, set in places. So when the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he conferred with his servants. My camp will be at such and such a place. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Be careful passing by this place for the Arameans are going down there. Consequently, the king of Israel sent word to the place the man of God had told him about. The man of God repeatedly warned the king. So the king would be on his guard. The king of Aram was enraged because of this matter. And he called his servants and demanded of them, Who is telling on me? Who's, which one of you is going behind my back? We will have a strategy in the war room. And one of us is, uh, you know, is leaking. You know, like we have in the press all the time, the president and his cabinet, they're saying things and they think they've said it and they plan. And then all of a sudden you see it on CNN. Um, what do you call it? Sources. What do they call those sources? Uh, anonymous sources or it's confirmed, but we can't tell you who. There's a way it's phrased. And it gets our president mad sometimes. It's like, who are these sources that you're talking about that have no name? You know? But the truth is, in this case, nobody was leaking. Nobody was leaking. It was actually prophetically, Prophet Elisha sat in his room. He'll be praying and they'll have a war room strategy. And Elisha, the Lord will tell him exactly what the strategy is in the spirit. He didn't move from where he was. He was just there. And then he sends to the king of Israel and say, don't go there. Don't pass through that path. They have a siege laid out. If you go there, they're going to slaughter you and your army. Don't go there. And this happened repeatedly. So much so that the king of Aram just got so discouraged and just mad and said, Who is leaking? Why are you leaking? I'm going to get an FBI or somebody to look in. So somebody said, Don't, don't worry, don't bother. FBI can't solve this particular one. So can't do this one. There's a guy. His name is Elisha. 
He sits somewhere over there. And everything the king says in his bedroom and in his war room, he tells the king of Israel. So this is what I'm telling you, child of God. There's some forces for good. And you know what? They're working for you. But you need to know how to tap into them. So here he is. He's telling them that. And the king says, so where is he in verse 13? Go and see where he is so I can send men to capture him. He was told Elisha is in Dothan, verse 14. So this king of Aram sends horses, chariots, and a massive army there. What was he sending a massive army to go do? To capture one man. Come on. One, one man. One man. Because they told him the guy who's leaking all the strategy, there's a guy in Dothan, and said, tell me where he is. And he sends a massive army. And they went stealthily. So they went by night and surrounded the city. Who are they looking for? One man. Come on. <laughs> so verse 15. So Elisha had a servant. This servant gets up in the morning. He gets up early, went out. Suddenly he discovers an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, oh, my master, what are we going to do? Then Elisha said, don't be afraid. Uh-uh. For those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Who are these people that are with them? You have this hill surrounded by this massive army. His servant steps out maybe to go, you know, ease himself in the morning. And he looks around and he's like, we are dead. We are toast. And, and Elisha said, no, 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 we're not. Those who are with us are more than those who are against us. So Elisha prayed a prayer. Lord, in verse 17, please open his eyes and let him do what? See. May the Lord open your eyes this morning that you may see the forces of good that are for you, you, you. Look at yourself. Say, I am blessed, highly favored, and surrounded by good forces sent by heaven to help me. Do you believe that? Let's say it again. I am blessed, highly favored, and surrounded by good forces sent by heaven, sent by God the Father, to help me. Me. What do you think? Does that make you feel good? You're not alone. You can't see them, but you're not alone. In the operating room, you're not alone. It's the surgeon doing that. But guess who's standing right next to him and telling him, you better get that thing right. You're in the hospital room. The nurses are going to and fro. Instead of putting this medication, they put another one. One will kill you. One will make you alive. And there's an angel saying, no, don't put that one. Put this one. Because the forces that are for you outnumber the forces that are against you. And we need to walk in that realization that if God be for me, who can be against 
me. If God be for you, at work, in your business, with your children, you know how you have kids and you send them to school. You can't be there. You need to have this confidence and be rest assured that all is well. Why? Because the forces that are working for you outnumber those that are against you. Even though the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we are wrestling against spiritual wickedness. But the forces that are aiding you are more than those that are against you. If only you knew. If only your eyes were opened. So Elisha said, Lord, please open the eyes of this young man. Open his eyes to see. So child of God, that's how I walk. When I'm at work, I remember telling somebody. I said, this is one somebody, a vendor, a representative. And there was one guy kind of opposing me and not letting me. I said, I'm a praying woman. Once I say it at work, <laughs> and I say it at the odd places in executive meetings, I say, I'm a praying woman. You don't want me to pray about that. I tell them. I told one particular exec, I said, you know that I have prayed about that, and that's over. I tell them. I was in one high-level executive meeting last week. And somebody was saying something about the project I was involved in. They said, well, they tell us it will start here. And I said, excuse. I shouted from across the room. Our CEO was in there. I shouted from my, I said, I believe it will happen just like they said. Everybody said, well, there you go. I said, yeah, there, there, there we go. Don't, don't, mess, don't mess up this thing with your words. Uh-uh. Be bold. Be brave. Speak it. Say it. Those who are working for you outnumber those working against you. Those working against you, they are not humans. The Bible says they are not humans. So don't be fighting your boss, fighting your co-worker. It's unnecessary. If anybody is not doing well with you, you just need to go to the throne room and say, Father, uh -huh. uh, his name is uh, Solomon. So I'm going to use a very way out name that nobody has. Or his name or her name is Marjorie or whatever. And the Lord says, so what's going on? Well, Father, um, there are some things we need to get and they're just standing in the way. The Lord said, uh, what would you like me to do? Take them out of the way, please. Is that all? Yeah. Don't worry, I got it. When the Bible says be strong in the Lord, it's not be strong in your smarts. We're all smart people, but smart will get you nowhere. The forces that are against you are too much for your smart. But the forces that are for you outnumber those forces. That's the way to think about it. So you get up in the morning brave, bold. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You stare it in the face and say, uh-uh, I don't have time for all this nonsense. Mm -mm. I don't play politics. I, well, I don't do that. This is how it's going. That's how it is going to be. We, I don't need to have a discussion. You want to have a discussion about it? Don't let me get into my prayer room. Do you want me to take your name to my prayer room? Because if I do, that's it. You're toast. It really happens that way, child of God. It does. 
That's how it is with your health. Because the forces that are for you are more than those that are against you. In Matthew eleven twelve, Matthew eleven twelve in the King James. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Don't be there crying. Why are you crying? And I've had that opportunity to cry. In fact, I cried in those, I'll tell you, several years ago. The best way, anytime I wanted to feel relieved, I'll just go into God's presence. I just go there. I say, Lord, <laughs> oh Lord, I come before you today. I'm crying right through the prayer. Lord, they say groan so loud. I'm not going to say any word. And the Lord said, What's wrong with you? What do you want? Excuse you. So you come in beggarly. You come in already discouraged. You come in already tired. And you come in already defeated. You come in believing that there is nothing that can happen. But you just want the Lord to know about it. Why is the Lord knowing about it? For what reason? Are you telling me that God in heaven did not see it all before you came in? What is wrong with you, girl? What do you want? I just want to feel better. I just want to fellowship with the Lord because it's just too much. This burning, it will crush me. This burning, it will kill me. But I just want you to know before it kills me that it is killing me. Excuse you. What kind of prayer is that? What are you doing? Sobbing, crying, defeated in the presence of the almighty God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The Lord who owns everything. Come on now. Do you know who you are? The Bible says he is the king of the kings of the earth. He has made us kings and priests unto him. We will reign in the earth. That's what the Bible says. We will reign. Sickness comes, you are crying. Lord, this headache, before it kills me and I come home to be with you. Just let you know that it's very bad. This headache is bad. What is he to do with that? What do you want him to do with that? So after a while he told me, he said, first he told me, don't, don't you come into my throne room defeated because I don't, I don't do defeat. <sighs> I said, Lord, you don't do defeat, but me, I'm feeling defeat here. So, I don't do defeat. You come here, you're a child of the king. Come on, move and shake yourself up. Turn that head, turn it up. Square your shoulder and say, Father, good morning, Lord. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you because there's fire in my belly. Thank you, Lord. We're about to raise hell. Raise, R-A-Z-E, raise
because we are wrestling, there's a word, a Greek word I want you to see. He said the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. He says the violent take it by force. Please, child of God, don't be lily-livered, spaghetti-legged. Come on. Come on. You're a child of the king. Come on, get up. Get up. Get up in your spirit. Get up. Be fierce. Be bold. Fierceness and boldness has nothing to do with gender. Uh-uh. It has nothing to do with gender. There was, for the ladies, there was a Queen Esther. And this enemy troops were just bombarding Israel all the time. And Queen Esther says, tells the, army, the general of the army, I need you to go do this. God is with you. And the general of the army said, I can't go. Unless you go with me. This woman has to go with you so that you can go do your job. And then Esther said, I'll go with you, but then this victory will not be assigned to you. It's going to be given to a woman. She said, just go with me. I'm too scared. So that tells me that it has nothing to do with gender. You get up and be the king that God made you on earth, and you rule and you reign in your community and in your environment. And it says, Matthew eleven twelve, 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Luke 13, 24, the Bible says, strive to enter in, strive to enter in. That strive in the, in the Greek means to struggle and contend for a prize. There is something you believe is yours. Healing and health is yours. Don't, don't just fall in front of the enemy and say, just kill me today. Just kill me. I know where I'm going. I, I'm going to heaven. Kill me. No. Your assignment is not complete. Where are you going? Sit your butt down and do the work the Lord gave you. Where are you going? Who told you it's your time to die? It's not your time to die. Finish the job. Finish the work. Where are you going? Sit yourself down and do what the Lord called you to do. Do you know that the one he gave you, he didn't give somebody else? God is not a Confucianist. He's not confused. He doesn't give the same person. Or give two people the same assignment. So if you are not doing yours, guess what? It's not being done. And if you are too sick to get it done, then you need to believe God and say, Father, I got stuff to do for you. So I am taking my healing by force. And it's not saying God will heal you. It says by his stripes, you are healed. Past tense. So if it's a done deal, then I get up and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I insist. And now healing can come in many ways. It could come supernaturally. He could use the hand of a man. He could use the hand of a woman. He could use a doctor. He could use any ways, but just get healed. I don't care how, just get healed. Because it's yours. It's bread for his children. Amen? Don't back down. Strive, struggle, contend for it. Press into it. Luke 16 verse 16 in Amplified. 
Luke chapter 16, verse 16. Until John came, there were the law and the prophets. Since then, the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone strives violently to go in. You think I'm fierce this morning? I'm telling you, I am this fierce. Sometimes when I just get overwhelmed, it's like, Satan, why are you overwhelming me? Ah! Everywhere you turn, attack, attack. It's like, wait a minute. What's going on here? You turn to the front, attack. Turn to the last. It's like, ah, ah, am I the only one? No other Christian you can bother in this place. Why is it only me? So, okay, you want a piece of me? You want some of me? Because I can give you some. And then you go on a warfare. You know, you, you don't play at this point. It says... Everyone strives violently to go in, would force his own way rather than God's way into it. But really, that's the amplified explanation of it. It means everybody pushes into the kingdom. You can be saved and yet you may not be getting the benefits that God has for you. But you can insist on it. There's a fierceness in the spirit. I want to stir up today. Be fair, stand there till you get it. If the Lord promised you, he's not, if the Lord said he's giving you, I can tell you he's not the one holding it from you. Somebody's got it and it's not the Lord. Go get your stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, go get your stuff. No, that's so weak. Come on, come on. Tell them, go get your stuff. I, I don't know what the stuff is. Maybe healing, it may be, you know, wealth. Some of us have to push our way forcibly out of poverty. We have to push our way out of it. Because the devil has just put those things around and told you you are going nowhere. I'm telling you, I am going. He says you are not going. I say, I'm going. Then I get down into my Nigerian accent. I say, as you see me, I'm gone already. You have not seen it yet. And he's telling you, no, I'm going to hold you down with debt, with poverty. Say, oh, you are still there? I'm already gone. See me in my wealthy place. Come on now. You fight through it. You push through it. You stand till you get what you are standing there for. The attitude is, I will not take no for an answer. If God says I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. If God says I'm healed, I'm healed. If God says there's peace in my home, some of us don't need money or this. It's just peace. Just want to get home and let there be peace. Well, if the Lord says he's Jehovah Shalom, then I insist on it. I don't care what is happening. I'm just going to insist till I see it. If it's barrenness, say no, uh-uh. I will carry my child. I will carry my child. You keep saying it. You keep insisting on it. I know some of these things seem weird and strange, especially in the Western world where many things can be, you know, medical science, a lot of things. Look, I'm a doctor. I know what I'm talking about. A lot of things medicine can do, but there are a lot of things medicine cannot do. Don't wait till you hit the one that medicine cannot do. Don't wait till. Every opportunity, exercise your faith. Just, if you have headaches, say, Father, I believe by his stripes I'm healed. Not, don't say you are healed after you've taken Tylenol. First, 
Am I saying don't take Tylenol? No, I did not say that. I'm saying first get up. Let your first response be spiritual. Let your first response be, I'm already healed. What's this headache doing here? Then you can go take your Tylenol. It eases it till the full manifestation comes. But, but let, let, let's walk in that realm of the supernatural. What are the weapons? 2 Corinthians 10. How do we fight? How do we strive? 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons in the King James, for the weapons. So God did not, when he says be strong, he, he didn't make you powerless. He didn't say all oh, this bad forces, bad energy, bad karma, like some people will call it. Everything is attacking you, but just be strong. No, he actually gave you weapons. And it says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. That is, they are not physical. You got them, but those things attacking you are not physical. So God gave you weapons that are also not physical so you can overcome them. So the weapons of, your, of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pulling down everything that comes against you. But do you know most Christians don't think about it? Don't do that. Don't go through life as though you don't have help. Don't go through life as though there is no way you can, your, your life can be good. Don't go through life as though, oh, this is it. Anything I see with my eyes, that's all I've got. Don't go through life like that. He says the weapons of our warfare, they are not kind of welcome, Akron brothers and sisters. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. You can do it. You can say no to those thoughts. And do you know the first attack is on your mind? The first attack is on your mind. When you see something happening in your life, check it. It first came as a thought. So do you know you are not going to live past 50? You are going to die before you are 50. And when those things are happening, you're saying, ah, oh, hmm, am I going to die? Then you start kind of, am I going to die? No, I will not die. Yes, I may die. No, my brother died. My mom died. So, this, so you start to weigh it. The minute you start to weigh it and not immediately push and say, excuse you, with long life, he will satisfy me. Unless you are able to push back. Don't let it sit. That's one of your weapons. And so let's look at the weapons. Ephesians 6, 17. Remember we read, we said that we, we already started saying that, oh, stand until you get what you're standing there for. How do you fight with the weapons? Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. It is the word of God. See, that boldness, fierceness, I'm telling you to be fierce, be bold, be fierce, be bold. Child of God, your mouth has to become like a sword, sharp with the word of God, with the word, with the word, with the word. The reason many of us are defeated, the reason you go into God's presence crying is because you have no word. You know, when I told you I would go there and say, Lord, I know I'm dying, but I just want you to know I'm dying before I die. That's not the word. That's rubbish. 
That's not the word of God. You come in and say, Father, I thank you. I know my body feels pain, but I know by his stripes I'm already healed. I come here now, I take my healing. This is between you and God. You are not in church. That's the kind of thing God likes to hear. His child walks in bold. Thank him for the day and say, Father, uh-huh, I'm here to do business. Uh-huh, what do you need? Just want to take a little bit of the healing you already gave me. Go ahead, take it. Oh, Lord, you know, we have needs. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. As you speak the word, even there, your faith starts to rise. This has happened to me time without number. I go in there, I'm being pummeled on every side by the enemy. I'm being pummeled. Everywhere I look is like I'm going to fall. I go in there and say, Father, whew, thank you, Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The joy of the Lord, it is my strength. I am above, not behind. I'm ahead, not behind. I'm the head, not the tail. I start to say it. I start to say it. I start to say it. All of a sudden, I get up from my knees. I start to walk. God is my strength. Of whom do I have to be afraid? Satan, you want some of me? Come, let's fight. Come. You start to do it. You start to say. When you get into God's presence, you go with the word. That's number one weapon. Don't go there crying like I used to cry. There's no need for crying. It does not do you any good. You cry, 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 cry. After you feel good for women, after you've cried, you say, hey, what did you do? I was praying. How was your prayer? I prayed through. No, you did not pray through. You cried through. And nothing came out of the crying. Amen? So you go there bold with the word. Hallelujah. Revelations 1.16, Jesus said he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Your mouth is your weapon. I'm telling you, at work, they know me now and I've only been in this particular place for four months. Before they say something, they say you want to talk something to death. I say, no, we're about to talk it to life. I shut them down immediately. It's my weapon. You will not bring any negative energy into this room. You will not. I don't care who you are. You will not spread that negativity. In the, unless I'm not on this project. If I'm on this project, no. Your words, your mouth. But you are polite, you are kind, but you are fierce. You are fierce in the spirit. So your mouth and the word of God. The blood. Revelations 12, 11, The blood. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him by the blood. So when the story is getting really hot and things are not going well, I go, I buy crackers and I buy a little um, grape juice. I said, Satan, you want some of me? Come, come. I put me, myself, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. We sit down, put bread or crackers here, um, grape juice here. I said, Father, we want to overcome now. We are about to overcome. The devil wants some of me, and I got to give him some of me. By the blood of the Lamb, I overcome you. 
See, at that point in time, I'm not cute and I'm not American in any way. I've been here for a while, but I don't let the American thing come on me because, you know, when I'm American, I have my makeup done, I have my suit on, and I'm very nice. But at this time, I go back to my roots. I say, Satan, you want some of me? Blood, bread. Oh, yeah? Let's do. Come. You want me? You. Let's do it. I said, Father, this is the issue. We've been dealing with this now for about three months. I'm tired of dealing with this. I want victory now. Yes. Eat the bread. Amen. Take the blood. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's done. That's it. It's over. Amen. That's it. That's it. It's just a matter of time. Yes. Just a few days. You see it start to turn. Yes. Weapon number two, the blood. Weapon number three and the last one is the name of Jesus. Amen. Philippians 2.9. Philippians 2.9. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Knee of poverty, bow. Knee of sickness, bow. Knee of unfruitfulness, bow. Knee of barrenness, bow. Knee of trouble and lack of peace, bow. Every knee. That's why I tell them my work. I say, you don't want me to take that into my prayer room because if I should take that into my prayer room, this is not, we will not be talking about this tomorrow. I tell them, in every meeting, I say, I'm a praying woman. At first, they used to laugh. Now, they don't laugh. I say, I'm a praying woman. I say, so I know exactly what to do with it. Don't worry. It's, it's okay. That's it. That is the end of it. Because when I get home, and sometimes if the thing is too hot, I, I go into my office. Thank God I have an office. I shut the door. I say, hey, Father, the way this thing is going and the direction is going, I'm not liking it. At the mention of the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I scuttle every plan of the evil one coming against this project and trying to make my life here a misery. I shut you down in the name of Jesus. That's the end of it. I don't have any story to tell. Go back and forth, meeting upon meeting, unnecessary meeting. What are we doing with all these meetings? We do one today, do tomorrow, circling the same. I told them, I said, I meet on one thing once. When I meet with you on it once, we determine what it is. That's the end of it. I don't want endless meetings. I do not have time for it. There's too much to get done. And they said, well, well, we've been doing it for three. I said, we, 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 we will not be doing it for three months. This is it. Yeah. At the name of Jesus. So child of God. Stand there until you get it. Don't let the devil run away with your goods, with your peace, with your healing, with your victory. Say, no, I will not die. I will live. I will declare the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. There's a time when we are going to heaven and we will declare his glory. But as for now, it is in the land of the living and I will stay alive until my job is done. You can't kill me before my time. Uh -uh. 
You can't tell me I have 10 more years when the Lord said I have 50. Who has spoken when the Lord has not spoken? You get up, you'll be fierce. The righteous will be as bold as a lion. Do you believe that? Let's stand to our feet this morning.